This episode of the show is brought to you by Audible. You can get a free 30-day trial and free audiobook of your choosing by going to audibletrial.com slash misspots. Choose from over 180,000 different titles, such as Chris Jericho's latest book, No is a Four-Letter Word. It's even narrated by the man himself. Audiobooks are perfect for the person on the move. Believe me, they're great. Maybe you want a mystery novel or a biography of someone you love. Audible has it all. Plus, it's free to try. If you don't like it, which would be weird, cancel and keep your free audiobook that you downloaded forever. Go try it now at audibletrial.com slash misspots. Audible. Listening is the new reading. Mike, have you heard the news? No, Kevin. What's that? Apparently, Vince McMahon had a stroke, and now he's demanding that from now on, WrestleMania is every single night for the next three months. Uh, that sounds about right. This and other Vince McMahon tomfoolery coming up on this episode of the Miss Spots podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the It's time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> some very awkward pauses in there <laughs> but i think that they were, they were for dramatic effect you know mike uh, i can never tell with you is it a dramatic pause is it an awkward pause is it both or did i have a stroke or did mike have a stroke yes so uh it, none of those things happened because i'm not smart enough for dramatic effect and i did not have a stroke but uh welcome everyone back to the show now, I'm going to feel uh, terrible if b- between the time that this is recorded and the time it comes out, Vince McMahon has an actual stroke. That's just our luck. <laughs> we'll, we'll have called it first. Yeah. We'll we'll have broken that news somehow. So, yeah, uh, we are now in go-home time to WrestleMania. Too big for two, too big for two, ni- no, too big for one night. <laughs> this is just dumb. I don't know if it's because I like the world is is crumbling around me that I've had a good bit to drink or or what but WWE is just hilarious to me right now. I I don't know what it is and listen I think that AEW's shows have gone downhill significantly since the first empty arena show. And I, and just in general, as far as a product, I'm, I'm enjoying AEW less uh, re- recently. Hmm. But okay. the but WWE is just it's a parody. If there were if there were a handful of relatively athletic and well built individuals pretending to do a wrestling show, it would be what the WWE has been doing for the past several weeks. And I have every anticipation. I have no desire to watch. I don't. I have no desire to one watch one night of WrestleMania, let alone two. 
And I am having this huge internal struggle because now it's not the social aspect because you and I and a bunch of other people aren't going to get together and watch it. So now it's going to be me sitting for like 12 hours over two days to watch this crap. I, I don't know if I can do it. Oh, it, I mean, we can we can Skype in with one another like we did while watching uh, Raw. Yeah, we get uh, we get the other night. We, yeah, but it's just going to be so painful. I, there is nothing to see here. So many of these matches have nothing behind them. They have no personal issues, and the ones that do are in ridiculous stipulation matches and are going to be played to nobody. I, I mean, yeah, I they've don't... had their legs cut out from underneath them by having to now do this in front of no one. I just don't think you can put on an effective WrestleMania under these circumstances, and they're, and they're going forward with it. I mean, this entire episode of Raw that we watched, and as you said, we Skyped in on video with each other and watched this together. It's the first time we've ever done that. We spent most of the time talking because whatever we were talking about was way more interesting than what they were doing. This was all promos. They showed two matches from the past to yeah. fill the three hours and some decent promo work uh, from the likes of Kevin Owens, from the likes of Becky Lynch, from the likes likes of Edge. All good stuff there. Paul and Heyman. They all, uh, Paul Heyman. Uh, Paul Heyman's was given. Was, yeah, yeah, was brilliant. I loved so many so many lines in this worked really really well because they were talented people that can do good promos, but. This, the environment there is so sterile. I don't know why the raw tapings seem so much more sterile than the AEW ones. I don't know what it is, but it, it is obvious in the matches and the promos and everything. Uh, like, the, obviously, uh, we'll get to this in a little bit, but the AEW show, they brought back having the other wrestlers in the crowd uh, for Which, this week. Nice. Yeah. Is is a nice touch. I love that about the first time that they did it because it adds some just some chatter going on in the the crowd. So if crowd, uh, so that it doesn't seem as sterile. Really good word to use there. Like it, WWE show seems like it is like one of those surgeries that is being watched by a few people in an, a, this weird auditorium of sorts. Everything's quiet and everything yes. is precise. Um, at least there's a little bit of chatter going on with the wrestlers who are sitting in the crowd trying to start chants between 10 people. And like, it's, it's cute. It's, it's a little funny uh, that they do that, but yeah, I mean, we, you mentioned this after the first time that AEW did did the the crowd, and you're like, "There's no way they're going to do that. They're not going to admit that the other promotion had a better idea than them. So they're just they're going to stick to their guns, and they're just going to keep on going. And they have, yeah, and it, that's been a detriment to them. And just kind of as a critique of these shows as AEW and WWE are doing them now. And this is a critique understanding their, their limitations and the fact that this is a hard hand that they've been dealt. But the lack of creativity on both sides, more on the WWE side, but I'm on AEW side as well. If you've got guys sitting out in the crowd, why don't you have someone start their match and have their music hit and have them jump over the, the barricade? Right? Yeah. We, why don't you have 
uh, uh, Becky Lynch go and do her promo sitting in the front row of the performance center and not walking out onto the stage. You don't need to do that. There's, there's, she's not performing to anyone in the crowd. The lack of creativity to change up the angles, the visuals, to make it seem like more than just a... The, you've got to add some bells and whistles. You've got to add something to change the eye line. You've got to give someone a different feel if you want to keep them interested. If you just put on a professional wrestling show where every wrestler comes out to their music, does their same exact pose on the ramp, the entranceway, what have you, to no one, then gets in the ring and does runs through all their shtick, gets up on the on the turnbuckle, plays to no one, it looks like a high school play. It doesn't. It, it looks ridiculous. AEW tends to do a little bit better with this. I, I find that they're playing to the camera more, which is the only move that makes any sense there. But still, too much, too much normalcy in this very uh, not normal situation. And I would just be sitting there in a production meeting before that going, okay, we got three matches here. What are we going to do each one of these entrances to make it something different? What are we going to do each one of these promos to make it something different? Uh, at least KO, when he did his promo in the ring, he was laying it up against the ropes. That, it's not that that never, has never been done before. It happens all the time, but it made more sense to have him do it there. It, it was something a little bit different than Brock's and Paul Heyman's promo standing in the, in the ring or Becky's standing on the stage. So then the pre-tape stuff with Edge was the most effective of all of them because it didn't have to be in an arena because there's no one to play to. So that's been a bug up my ass. Every single one of these shows is the the lack of creativity in trying to present this as something more interesting yeah and less, uh, less pantomime and I, I i get what they're trying to do from both sides to a certain extent is is this uh semblance of normalcy and the show must go on so let's keep doing things as much as normal as possible but sometimes you got to call a spade a spade and know like this isn't a normal show so let's stop being so normal with it you're right don't don't play to a crowd that doesn't exist don't do normal promos in a ring you don't have to have ring introductions for a guy who's coming out or girl who's coming out to cut a promo like i i get keeping the ring introductions for the matches but when Becky Lynch is coming out just to stand on a ramp that is 10 feet away from the ring, uh, and ramp is not even a, a good ter- term, stage probably is better, like, we don't need an introduction for her. There is no one there to introduce her to. We know that it's her music, her name on the Tron. That doesn't need to happen. You can pick and choose where the normalcy can come in and go out the window. Um, and I feel like they're, they're try, like AEW's trying a little more with that than, than WWE. They are, and that's, and that's one of the reasons why they've been more effective. But there just are so many instances in the AEW show where I still see that, and I just go, God, someone tell them to stop doing that. You don't you don't like Cody throwing his belt into the crowd just to his wife. <laughs> I, I actually know that I under that I get 
he always does this little move and he's still doing it, but he's throwing it specifically to his wife. I, I think that's that's a creative creative way to still do the belt throw, but do it okay. in a way that makes some kind of sense. I think they are some things there there are some things that AEW is doing good in this situation. I just I expect more out of them, and, and I probably shouldn't because I expect better tag team wrestling and more realistic matches out of AEW, and we don't get it. I expect not to have Chris Jericho cutting promos on drones two weeks in a row, but we get that. So there's tons of stuff that I'd like to see differently on AEW uh, television uh, than what I'm actually getting. So me having these high expectations probably isn't warranted. Uh I think, and this is, there's not a lot to talk about with Raw. I mean, the promos were the promos. I thought that Edge was great. He did an amazing job of doing what a good a good feud should be. There are real issues with these two. There's real history with this. There's a real perception that Randy Orton is has coasted and never really put in the effort and is not respected in the way that he should be because of it. And that's back of the house work rate. Randy's bored and doesn't work matches as hard. But in the context of professional wrestling, in the ring, in kayfabe, it also works. And Edge playing into that is beautiful because it skirts those lines. It does what Vince Russo always wanted to do, but it's actual reality and doesn't destroy the business. And I thought it was beautifully done, uh, great mic work there, just continuing to ramp this up and push this feud forward. Yeah, and this this promo reminded me of of the 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 thing that was really got Edge to the next level is he became a good promo worker. Like Edge was always a good worker in the ring. And the, the, the thought was his downside was he couldn't cut a promo and then eventually got to the point to where he was a good promo. He was more than a good promo. He could be a great promo. And I thought that this was uh, reminiscent of that, that period when he turned the corner in, and became a main eventer. Um, uh, the, the period of time which you have mentioned before that you weren't really a, an active watcher of the show at that point, but that, that was probably the best thing of this show, uh, by a mile at KO's promo was, was very good. Solid. Paul, Paul's Solid promo, promo was very good. Uh, but the, this Paul's edge promo was one, different. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. Paul's promo was different in a, was very good in a, in a different way, even for me. And I love the, the quietness of it. That's one of the things that I think is another reason I'm a little bit bummed at some of the presentation because the great thing about these situations is it gives you an opportunity to do something different that's good, to play into the strengths of no crowd. You can have someone cut a promo and they're not getting wadded every five seconds and they don't have to scream over the crowd when they're trying to get their point across. Paul's promo was brilliant because it was it was to the point the voice modulation was high when it needed to be low when it didn't need to be to kind of draw you in and I love the fact that he said this is this is not a prediction it's a spoiler uh, it's a preview into next year when Brock will be right here still holding this title it was really really well done and it put over Drew McIntyre 
right? He yeah. wasn't a, a putz and a schmuck that didn't belong in the same ring as Brock Lesnar, but he wasn't. He's not as good as Brock Lesnar, and everything about that promo worked, and it made me more excited for the match. It's almost as if Paul is from the old school to where you don't just bury a guy. You you put over the opponent in your own way. Um. So yeah, that that was that was great, but like. Like I said, the the edge one just it hit, and uh, I I thought that that was the best part of that show. Yeah, the Undertaker promo was god awful. <laughs> uh, I mean, I cannot. I want to do this for this. Uh, by the way, uh, oh yeah, the, I forgot. I, I hear you typing. Yeah, and that reminds me that we have to do predictions. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. So what I'm saying is because of this, the length of this, we're going to have to do three episodes. Ju- the Misspots podcast, too big for one show. We're going to have to do this. Uh, there's so many freaking matches, it feels like. And not to make it any longer, but I want not only to predict the match, but I want to know what your level of interest in this match is at a level of one to five. <laughs> all right. So, uh, should we do that all now or should we talk about Dynamite first? Oh, no, no. We can talk about Dynamite first. I'm okay. just saying that is something that I want to do because uh, there are so few of these matches that I give a shit about. And the Undertaker and AJ Styles match is one of those. I mean, I still don't know what a fucking Boneyard match is. I don't care that Michelle, Michelle McCool did the Styles clash. It was atrocious. This is the least personal, personal feud I think I've ever seen. It is the definition of grasping at straws. And with The Undertaker, who now is the American badass again, apparently, I just... No. No, thank you. And Asuka screaming in Japanese constantly, still, no thank you. Don't understand why people like this. No, don't. Do not at all. Not at all. Don't get it. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about Dynamite. All right. So uh, already talked about they have a crowd again. We had a banger of an opening match. Now, we were texting uh, be- during this match between one another. There were some issues, mainly that they spent way too much time on the outside not being counted. Shivani tried to cover for it by like saying like, oh, Audrey is really giving them some leniency here on the outside. But everything that was happening on the inside of the ring and just the general psychology of this match, I thought was fantastic. The outside stuff, all I can think when I see this is stay in the fucking ring. They had things going. They were both working body parts. You had Omega work in the back, and you had Trent uh, going after the hand that was already injured. They were doing athletic counters. They weren't just throwing all their shit at it. I mean, you had Kenny Omega applying a nice snug side headlock for a period of time and not just running around the ring like a maniac. Uh, I I really enjoyed this. I saw two guys putting on a, like you say, a banger of a professional wrestling match, and then they had to go to the outside for a minute and a half, and they had to try to do a bunch of dives, and they had to do a bunch of stuff that just wasn't necessary in this situation. You are not playing to a live crowd. You are not trying to get this is awesome chance. Stay in the ring and keep doing what is fucking working. 
And th- that that is the thing that keeps driving me nuts when it comes to the tag team matches in AEW. And we saw that in the main event, which was a total clusterfuck. And in this match, I hated being frustrated at it because I enjoyed the vast majority of it. I think every great AEW match I see, I just go, man, if they just would have cut two minutes out of this match, I would have, I would have, I'd be through the moon for it. And that's the way I felt about it. But Trent looked great. Uh, Omega has sharp, strong offense, and he's not just uh, a guy who has to run around uh, like his hair's on fire. He can wrestle a match. We all know that. I mean, Jim Cornette doesn't know that, but everybody else does, that uh, Kenny Omega's a, a hell of a wrestler. And... I, I, yeah, I, I, I just, I just get so fucking frustrated when I see some of this stuff that I just feel like is unnecessary. Yeah, I, I, I get what you mean. And like, I, I was, what I texted you is I've always been a fan of Trent and this just made me even more of a fan because I, I don't think that I've ever seen him go like this before. And I'm sure that there will be people who say, oh, oh, Kenny brought it out of him. Like that, that may be fair. That may not be fair, but whether or not like Trent's a damn good worker. Um, like they had that one little mishap on the, the top rope spot, which could have been disastrous. Um, and almost did look it when it was executed, but I'm assuming everyone is okay out of that. Uh, but like, damn that dude, that dude can really go. And it made him look like almost an equal to to Kenny that he lasted 19 minutes in a 20 minute time limit. And I really felt like that they wanted to make that a point is that oh, yeah. like he almost took Kenny to the limits uh, in that match. And yeah, and I and I really I really wish that they would take advantage of the time limit draw more often. We saw that in the first couple episodes of Dynamite, and they haven't busted out since. And it really is a great storyline and storytelling thing. And they have and they've gone away from that. And that's an old school way to to book uh, to book a show that I love. One thing, the hand that Omega had his boxer's fracture on is his right hand, correct? Uh so. Here, here's the thing that I was actually thinking. I lost track a couple times as to which hand was actually the one being worked on. Okay. I was under the impression that he was working the right hand. That's I what might... I thought. But then okay. I thought I saw him do some things to the left hand. Which, which is fine, too. But I was under the impression it was the right hand that Omega's been favoring. That, ha- that was why he was out for a couple weeks. I know it's a small thing, but it drove me crazy that when Omega goes... Now, listen, they started out a little bit of respect. Then they start throwing blows at each other, and then it starts getting personal. They wrestle a great match. There's going to be a little embrace at the end. I'm fine with all that. Omega shakes hands with Trent with his right hand. Just go across the left. Sell that right hand as he can't even do a handshake, and he still won the match. He still... I, I. I, 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 it just seems like it's an obvious thing to me. Yeah, I, that, that does make sense. I, I, I get that. I, I really, really wish that more often guys really, really sold a beating and walked out of the ring looking like they were hurting. It yeah. looked like they just went 19 minutes in a barn burner match. And and uh, this is just this is one of the little things that was caught on camera, and it could I just think it's a small thing that could have been done better. That's 
my little soapbox. Yeah, I I get that. Um, so we also have the announcement that a new title is being created in AEW. Um, does this does this ruin one of your predictions for this year? They will. Did I did I say they will not introduce a secondary title? I I can't remember. I think uh, I did. Yeah, I I, I think I did. Uh, you know, I have mixed feelings on this. I I love the opportunities that a, a secondary title creates. The AEW roster is thin when it comes to kind of that upper tier talent, and it's got one real show and two hours to put stuff on. So, part of me thinks that it's a, it's an unnecessary thing. I I grew up in the era of watching WWF and WCW, and each one of them had multiple championships. Yeah, you had in WCW, you had the United States Championship, the Television Championship, and the World Championship. In uh, in WWF, you had the Intercontinental Championship, and you had the uh, the World Championship. So for me. I was seven years old or six years old when WrestleMania uh, three happened, right? So uh, to me, Ricky Steamboat and uh, Macho Man Randy Savage were every every bit as big as Hogan and Andre. Oh, yeah. So to me, I love the the prospect of this. A lot of people are upset about the, the name of the championship, the TNT championship. It doesn't really bother me. Honestly, no. I, 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 I'm thinking I, of it as a, in essence, a TV title. What I want though, is I'd like to have some, 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 uh, clarification. Is it a belt that has to be defended every week? Is it a belt? I'd like to have some, I, I like stipulations on something. If this would be the TNT championship, why is it the TNT championship? Every time you have a show on TNT, it has to be defended. Okay. I like that. That, I mean, it it would really book you into a corner. But maybe it has to be defended every, at least every two weeks, mm-hmm. you know, every 14 days on television or something. Uh, there's dis- special rules where they have a different time limit for their matches. There's just something that puts it as a reason why it is it, it, its existence is there. Yeah. So I like to see that. That, that, would, that would be very good for clarity. Uh, I mean, th- this was one of the reasons why I loved the... Uh, TV title on WCW growing up is the extra stipulations. The belt always had to be defended on a television show. It couldn't be defended on a house show. Um, they had a specific time limit for every match. And like, and I can't remember as you were talking, I was trying to try trying to remember who it was. There was one person who definitely took advantage of that and just tried to fight to draws because they would retain the title and i can't remember if that was steve austin or if it was i don't think it was arn anderson arn anderson wouldn't take uh, like shortcuts like that but well, i mean arn was a heel for a long time why wouldn't I, he I, I know but he seemed he wasn't i don't know he didn't come across as that type of uh heel to me but there was someone who definitely just tried to fight for the the time limit and retain the title uh, and I loved that. It, well, I mean, I hated that as a kid back then because it, it made me hate that person, but obviously it did the job right. And now looking back at it as an adult, like, oh yes, that's perfect. That's great heel work. Uh, and it builds up to a person, hopefully eventually to, uh, dethroning them. 
So yeah, maybe some clarification on that. I, I look at them as throwing this together pretty quickly as a way of like just keeping interest in the program over the next few weeks because obviously Blood and Guts has been put on on hold. So they are trying to create secondary little feuds going on uh, through this. And my thought is like when I'm looking at these brackets is we got stuff to work off of here. Um, like you, you look at, um, especially coming from the right side, the one that they announced today. So, uh, Dustin and Kip Sabian and then Lance, uh, Lance Archer and Colt Cabana. We've already seen issues with Colt and, uh, Kip Sabian, which could continue on through some sort of shenanigans in either one of their matches. Uh, we have you have the setup for Lance Archer taking on Cody's brother in the second round and sending a message to Cody. And then and ultimately you can have Lance and Cody be the finals and give the build up towards this thing that Jake Roberts has been pushing towards for a while and then having a a feud between them to be a holdover until they can do blood and guts again well listen there's tons of no matter how you slice this because of kind of the web that AEW has woven that you've actually complained about uh, the fact that people are kind of in multiple feuds and things going on but sammy guevara going up against um uh, uh cody that's 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 the elite versus the inner circle right darby and cody well we they 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 were at odds and they helped each other. And then after this match, they had Darby socks Cody. So you've got issues there. You've yeah. got Sean Spears on one side and Cody on the other side. Well, he split his head open. There's really any way you slice this, you can make this work mm-hmm. and do something interesting throughout the tournament. So I think they put the right people in. The only omission is MJF. And yeah. to me, and by the way, what you were talking about, about a television championship in WCW and trying to fight to draws, I've said that I want to see, I would love to have seen Chris Jericho hold that title. I think I said it on the on the podcast. If not, it was just in ca- casual conversation with you. I don't think he should have lost the title to Moxley. I honestly think that Moxley is now like a secondary player. He cuts promos. Uh, from time to time, and Jake Hager seems like a big step down from Chris Jericho, and yeah. all of a sudden, I feel like the world champion is not the most important person on the show, and that's a real shame. And I think it's a it's it's a mark that they were not ready to to switch that title. Anyway, I would have liked to have seen Jericho carry carry this title for a long time to the point where he is just desperate and he's just fighting for time limit draws and he's just escaping by the skin of his teeth and he's savvy and he's a veteran and he goes months with the title but every time he goes to a draw and no one can beat him because he he has the help on the outside that allows him to outlast other people and I love that storyline. It's the the classic Ric Flair as a touring NWA champion going to draws with the <clears throat> the local promotion's top babyface to keep everybody strong. I think it could really, really work if done well and booked with some foresight. Now we've got a championship, and MJF is the perfect person to play that role. Yeah. 
MJF going out there and talking the biggest game in the world and having a, a, a competent wrestling match and being able to show off his stuff. But at the end of the day, he has to cheat. And at the end of the day, he's really not better than the other guy, but he can outlast him. And he's got the upper hand because he holds the championship. And the fact that he's not even in, in this tournament kind of kind of bothers me because I feel like he's the perfect person to hold it. I feel like a heel should come out with this championship myself. Yeah, that 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 would probably be best for it. But by the way, we're all speculating on that there's any oh, yeah. kind of special stipulation on this anyway. So oh, that, yeah. is what, that is what uh, it is. I'm also looking down the list of former WCW television champions, and I now think I'm I'm not 100 percent sure, but I'm fairly certain it was Regal who uh, did oh, the okay. whole just fighting to the the draw. Okay, uh, because that fit his character at that time, uh, Lord Stephen Regal, the the blue blood, uh, sure, just taking every opportunity. Um, look at. Let me see. Uh, what else did we have? Yeah, the on yeah here? the women's match. Uh, sure, I actually thought that the enhancement talent that was in there was pretty competent, which was okay. Uh, but this was another one of those matches that um, uh, Sheeta just kind of played to the crowd too much. That wasn't there. Yeah, and that kind of that kind of bums my shit when I see that. Uh, they're trying to put her over as like a next big challenger to nyla rose the problem is is that with riho and with sheeta there's no real ability to to tell a story about personality verbally they have to do it in imagery and i think that's fine i don't i i think that in the wwe you don't have to have asuka cutting promos and i don't think you had to have sheeta cutting promos but to have so many people in the women's division not be characters, <laughs> not be able to cut a competent promo and not really understand who they are. I think it really is detrimental to the division. Neither Rose is the only one that I think has a defined character other than, you know, Britt Baker. And we all know the ups and downs of that's happened. So I still think the women's division is struggling mightily, even though she does a pretty good worker in the ring. Yeah, uh, I, I would agree with that. It's it, it th this division still has just not found its legs as far as I'm concerned. Um, we what did you think of of uh, kind of random thing? What did you think of Colt Cabana on commentary? He was fine, but he made a comment that I just it it it, it did nothing to make me ever want to watch a Colt Cabana match. He said, "Uh, I know what you're gonna I'm say. I'm gonna use my comedy." And I'm going to use my humor yeah. to beat a guy up. He Now, he didn't add that, but he's going to go into a match. To win a match, he said, yeah. To win a match, he's going to use his comedy and his humor. No. No. You talk all the time about you are much more into comedy and wrestling than I am. I yeah. love a lot. I love a lot of the stuff that McFoley did over his career. I love the fashion files when these guys were cutting promos and doing vignettes behind the scenes, but coming out and being wrestlers, I don't like too much stuff in the ring itself. And to have a guy who, let's be honest, 90% of people don't know who the hell he is. I've never seen a Colt Cabana match in my life. 
I'm a wrestling fan, but I don't never watch the I, I don't know anything about the indie promotions. I've never seen him wrestle before. I know about his podcast. I know he's he's famous in that world. But you're going to introduce me to a guy, and before I even see him wrestle a match on TV, I'm going to hear about how he's going to use his comedy to win matches. And now we got drones flying around. Uh, man, I don't know. Is is this it, AEW is supposed to be using ranking systems and be real sport, and they are just continuing to present stuff that is the exact opposite of that. That was a very poor choice in words uh, in my mind. He could have used something like, I'm going to outsmart him. Like, being being a little silly in the ring as a way of throwing your opponent off his game, That that's something that Colt Cabana can do and does do. And uh, I, I think that that's w- what he should have leaned more towards is outsmarting his opponents, throwing his opponents off. Uh, in order to defeat them, uh, saying comedy and humor, like I, 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 like that's it's it comes across as being like, all right, I'm gonna go tell my opponent some jokes and gonna make him laugh, and then I'm gonna roll him up and pin him. That's, it, uh, and and by the way, you're talking about Lance Archer. This is gonna be his opponent. You are yeah. trying to sell this guy as a murderer. And one of the things that I, by the way, it was so funny. We did not talk about this in our last episode, the vignette where basically they were pitching Lance Archer as like a backyard wrestler or he beat up a bunch of guys in a mud pit in Mississippi or wherever the hell it was. I I thought that was a poor choice, quite honestly. But you're trying to sell this guy as a murderer that is going to be the foil for Cody Rhodes the biggest baby face in your company. You've brought in Jake Roberts, who is a legend in the business. And you want to sell this guy as the next big thing. He's six, seven. He's built like a a beast. And you've got the first guy that's going to fight him for real because, you know, Marco stunt doesn't count. And you've got the guy talking about how he's going to use his comedy and his humor. He's not scared of him. He's the, the tone is all wrong someone's got to sit these people down and say this is not the message that we're going to try to put out there and to further that putting lance archer in the ring for the first time with marco stunt to me was a big mistake i would have rather seen an enhancement guy than marco stunt because it is just ridiculous to put that little guy out there in a (laughs) one-on-one match against this guy but it almost Who? seems like that's what they were going for is ridiculous. But but that's the thing. Why make it ridiculous? Put him out there with a put him out there with a freaking hoss indie guy, and have him throw that guy around. Having him throw around a person who is almost the size of my two year old son. Yes, there was some, <laughs> some impressive visuals there, and I am not a guy. I think Marco stunt as kind of a mascot for the Jurassic Express can work. I think that him competing in this way is just it's just it, it walks the line of good taste so i had an i had an issue with that I, I i don't think it was the best way to present him the first time i saw him on aew and i don't think colt cabana did him any favors with his commentary yeah i i i get what you mean um and then we had a uh, th- this was kind of a WD- WWF or sorry WWE type of match for the main event. 
No, no, with... no, 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 no. We did not just have that. We also had the Dark Order. Oh, yeah. another terrible segment with Brody Lee, who in even in pre tapes does not seem comfortable talking on camera. And now is just he so he comes out in this weird, ridiculous hood and all this stuff for his matches. And he's the exalted one. And but in every other time, he's dressed in a business suit because they need to skewer Vince McMahon. Yeah. Right. Because that's that's the hot stuff in the streets right now. This is WCW Vince Russo level skewering of the competition that, by the way, is doing double your ratings. It's embarrassing. The guy that they have doing it is not good at it. And they're awful vignettes. The Dark Order is somehow going even worse than it was weeks and weeks ago. And uh, and when you throw it in, my other favorite thing about this is there were two things that existed in this match. One, Dustin and QT McWhiskers uh, are 2-0 and as a tag team. Also... Dustin and QT McWhiskers were formed as a tag team for the first time this Wednesday. <laughs> that existed exa- independently. Both those statements were said multiple times. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I don't, I, I baffling, uh, baffling. Uh, well, on, actually, on that side. you know, th- they said this was their dynamite debut. I guess they've had matches on uh, dark. They've, they've, t- I've, I believe they've tagged on dynamite before. At least, at least QT McWhiskers has, has, has. <laughs> Where tagged. is this new name coming from? <laughs> there's a, there's a name, there was a person or a character in BoJack Horseman. Oh. That was QT McWhiskers, I believe. <laughs> if not, I just made it up. And I, I think it's an adorable name and I'm going to just keep using it. But, uh, I believe these guys have tagged together. Maybe it was a, a six person tag team or a tag match or whatever it was, but yeah, I, I just uh, yeah they have a name now, so cool. But uh, this just did not work. The Dark Order number seven, number eight, or number eight, number nine. They've got guys. I, I know why that they took did, over they did. all of the commentary. Yeah, was and, them trying to make jokes about the names of them? Yeah. It, it was just it, there's there's nothing serious about this angle. There's nothing foreboding about this angle. It's just now it went from being. A, a cult that no one gave a shit about to this like incel parody with some really really interesting vignettes that could have worked to bad horror movies with blood in the mouth of the young bucks and you know badly missed punches worked punches to now it's a Vince McMahon parody it's just they have no idea what this angle is and none of it's working and it's just it's bad it's it's really really bad so yeah i have that has to be called out and then the for the main event a wwe special a bunch of guys are going to fight next week so let's have them in a match here uh 99 of the match felt like it was fought on the outside i know it wasn't that but it felt that way Everything breaks down. Everyone does a suicide dive. Suicide dives for everybody. You get a suicide dive, and you do get a suicide dive, and none of it matters anymore. And I never know who's the person in the match. I never know who's legal. And it doesn't matter because it doesn't matter who wins. So uh, yeah, this was uh, the worst way for this for this episode to end. 
Tony Schiavone said something that I wish he hadn't said, but absolutely was on point. He says, oh, this match has broken down as we expected it to. We shouldn't have to expect that tag team matches in in any wrestling are going to break down like this, but they do all the time in AEW, so it seems right for him to say that. I I was like, I can't believe he just said that. There is so much talent in the, in the ring that we saw in this match. There is so much talent in the tag team division in AEW, and they cannot focus enough to actually put on a good match half the time. And that really, really drives me nuts. If it didn't, if it wasn't apparent, talking about the Omega uh, match from earlier on, it's the same thing with nearly every tag team match. They just do so much unnecessary stuff. And the little intrigue with Darby and Cody coming out of this, uh, probably hopefully to set up something in this in this tournament. But we also had multiple times where Shivani in the end said that Guevara was the one that hit Cody. Okay. Yeah. Sammy was on the other side. He got Sammy and Darby confused a number of times through that match. And that's, that's fine. I'm I'm not hitting Shivani for that flub because it happens. But then he said, when Darby and Cody square off, Darby and Cody are not squaring off in the first round. Are they? No, no, they are not Spears and Sammy and Darby. Right. <laughs> so what is he talking about? Is he talking about the fact that these were taped beforehand and both those guys are going to advance? So just that was a little bit more like either he wasn't on his game and didn't realize what was going on, which kind of a problem, or two, he was giving away a spoiler for the next week. Maybe that's a possibility. But I'm going to go with the earlier of the two. Okay, just just a slip of the tongue kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I, I this was just kind of a mess. Listen, I like the the the, the heels and the baby faces on, on the outside. They didn't talk as much. It wasn't as much of the story as it was the first week, but it was something. Uh, and I like this show a lot more than I liked Raw. Oh yes, but yes. you know, I I I like getting punched in the arm more than I like getting kicked in the balls but that's not <laughs> I don't like really getting punched in the arm either I, it wasn't a great show and it I, didn't and do I a like lo- a two hour show over a three hour show yeah. and it didn't do a whole hell of a lot to advance any storylines yeah there really isn't a, isn't a lot to chew on there which made the show a little bit harder to watch yeah alright let's talk about Wrestlemania Dude, let's let's All right, do it. So let recap what you you were saying earlier. What not only do we have to pick a winner, but what else do you want out of scale out of, of one to five? How excited are you, or inter, how interested are you in this match? Okay, one to five. One to five. All right. As of us recording this episode, there'll probably be seven more matches added. There probably will be. There are sixteen matches right now. And we'll try to just go through these because I feel like there's not a whole lot to no, really talk there, about. No, this is why we can we can tell you how much we are excited about it or or not excited about it, and that will be our version of commentary. Uh, Otis versus Dolph Ziggler. Uh, so I so I'll start with this one out of five, for sure. Uh, I will go with Otis. 
Uh, I'm going to go with Otis as well, and I'm going to say zero. <laughs> I didn't know that was a possibility. Uh, if we're going zero to five, I'll go back and I have to go zero. Oh, okay, okay. We'll, we'll go zero to five then. Zero to five. Because I feel like it deserves it. Okay. Uh, women's Tag Team Championship match, Asuka and Kari Sane against Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. I'm going to go with uh, Asuka and Kari. Yeah, and for sure. One. Uh, because I like the talent, I will go with a one as well. I, I'm the same exact thing. Uh, Kabuki Warriors, even though I hate using that name. and That's why one. I didn't say it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, um, Intercontinental title match, Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan. I'm going to go with Sami retaining. Uh, and I'm going to go with a three here for uh, looking forward to it just because I love the talents in the match. So seems I, very quickly put together, but I'm going to still go with that. I'm going to go with a four on this. Okay. Because I think this has the opportunity to be the best match on the whole card. Yeah. Uh, as far as work rate goes and, and like, what the guys can actually do in the ring. Daniel Bryan always steals the show. I haven't seen anything about any of this feud in any way, shape, or form uh, now because I don't watch SmackDown. But I'm kind of excited to see Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan because I haven't seen him in a while. Other, Unlike guys like Bill Goldberg and Bray Wyatt, who I don't give a shit if I ever see again. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go... I'm going with a four on this. Big time number on that one. And I'm going to go with Sammy retaining because of outside interference. Yeah. I, I don't think a lot of titles should change hands on a show with no people. Yeah. It, honestly. It, I, I got to agree with you on that. But I, I do think that there are going to be title changes. We'll They've got to do that it somewhere. A bit. Yeah. They got to do somewhere. Uh, Elias versus Corbin. Uh, I'm going to go with Elias and a zero. I'm going to go Elias and Zero as well <laughs> because this match was put together by Rob Gronkowski because, and that's the end of the sentence. Yeah, no heat, no anything. Uh, anything that Baron Corbin does is laughable. Stop dressing up like a king. It's just terrible, terrible. Speaking of terrible. matches put together because... Alistair Black versus Bobby Lashley. Uh, I'm going to go with a one because Alistair Black is interesting and can be. I know that a one, our original scale was one to five, which would be the lowest, but now that zero is the lowest, I'll go with a one and Alistair Black for sure. Uh, Alistair Black for sure, and I'm going to go with half. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It's between zero and one. Yeah. That is very true, Mike. You're a mathematician. <laughs> uh, Street Profits versus Austin Theory and Pass. Angel Garza. Pass. <laughs> My. Let's let's just not make this match happen. Yeah, let's let's. This is this is okay. The Street Profits are unwatchable. Uh, they are not even in a feud with with one half of this team at all, <laughs> and the other half of this team they're not in a feud with either. Really, so they've been feuding with one of these people for four days and the other one for zero and yet they're putting this match on wrestlemania and other than the fact that i feel bad 
that Montez Ford almost died on Raw with the the dive over the ropes. Did you read that? What happened with that? Yes, I did. That so he improvised leg. that. Yeah, that Seth was supposed <laughs> to grab his leg and didn't. So. <laughs> He just tried to murder himself. Uh, <laughs> He's like, I don't want to be in WrestleMania anymore. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with the the Street Profits, unfortunately, and I'm going to go with a level of interest in this match as minus thirty seven. Ah, oh, damn it! I was going to go with minus five. Uh, <laughs> so you you beat me for that. Okay, well, uh, minus but five yeah, it Street is. Profits as well. Okay. Um, Edge and Randy Orton in a last man standing match. Edge has got to win this. I I feel like this is going to be like the the kind of send off for him, um, and to beat the guy who tried to murder him again. But does he have to? I mean, isn't there also a aspect of he's probably not going to stick around and do more matches, so he's got to put Randy over. Is part of that part of the the conversation? I think Ra- Randy doesn't need to be put over. Randy's Randy. That's true. So I, I feel like that's why the 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 whole uh, Brock beating Undertaker thing always sat wrong with me because there was always the idea that beating Undertaker at WrestleMania should be a way of putting someone over. Brock didn't need being put over. He's Brock fucking Lesnar. Like, look at the guy. He, he doesn't need anyone to put him over. Um, and so, and Randy's not, he's, I'm not saying he's Brock Lesnar, but he's been in this industry for so damn long, done pretty much everything. He doesn't need to be put over. This is, I think, meant to just be a feel good moment for Edge. And it sucks that it's going to be in front of nobody. But that's, I think, what they're going for. Um, so, and then I'll go with a uh, level of interest as uh, three and a half. Three and a half. See, I'm going 4.5. I'm going four and a half because this is the match that I'm the most interested in on the card. And okay. it's just, cl- I'd love to give it a five, but it's being done in front of nobody. So it can't be a five because it can't be, it cannot deliver what it needs to deliver. But yes, the redemption story is right. Edge needs to win this. We talked about this on Monday. This should be the start of a storyline where Randy Orton uh, starts to to doubt himself. Randy Orton continues on a vicious heel bent, uh, more motivated, more frustrated, more angry, more violent. And then that eventually turns into a babyface uh, run a year down the road at next WrestleMania where he finally sh- proves that he is, belongs in the upper echelon uh, of the Cena's and the other contemporaries that he worked with over time and puts on great matches and is motivated and you know continues with the great promo work he did with Edge. That's the best thing that could come out of this. They'll do none of that, but that would be a really, really good story that they could roll with and they could do it perfectly after losing to edge at wrestlemania yeah okay. they could they won't but no, of they could won't. um where am i at uh ko and seth rollins i'm i'm gonna go with ko here I'm gonna, go with seth. I'm gonna say a three here on my uh level of interest 
I'm going with a two, and that's because I feel like I've seen this match 48 times. This feud's been going on for a long time and never really peaked. KO is not, he's less hot than he has been for the last three months. Seth Rollins is not really all that interesting. I don't feel like there's a lot of ground to cover here. Seth is a bigger star, and I think Seth will go over here. I I, I agree with a lot with, with what you said, except that I feel like the last two weeks, their promo work has pulled me back in a little bit. I I said last week how I enjoyed Seth's promo. I enjoyed KO's promo. I love I, I love the intimacy of those promos. And uh, I, I think that actually having no crowd there for both of them made them better. Uh, so that has raised my my uh, my excitement for those matches and, just ever so slightly. And I'm happy for you on that. And, and I thought the promo work was good. But listen, fighting over, you know, who came from the independents to work in WWE first and built. the I just don't care about that stuff. It seems very superficial to me. So I think the foundation of all of this was has shifted like three times since the beginning of this feud. And it's just, I just, I don't feel like they're ever going to buy into Kevin Owens. And I don't really, Seth Rollins becomes less interesting to me by the day. There was a time when I thought go all in with Seth Rollins. And now I'm like, he's just another guy on the roster. And I've seen every Seth Rollins match for the last three years. And I've seen every Seth Rollins match he'll ever do. Because <laughs> he does the same match every time. I just, I don't know. I'm not really into either one of these guys right now. So anyway, I'll go with Seth in a two. Okay. Um, And next we got... So I, I don't know how to call this one because... I don't have 100% confirmation. So... It was originally supposed to be Miz and Morrison defending the tag titles against the New Day and the Usos in a ladder match. Miz, Miz is sick. Miz is, was not available to uh, tape the, the show. So it still has not been changed officially, but rumor is that it became a Morrison versus one of the Usos in a uh, ladder match. So I don't even think we should even bother nope. talking about that one. Don't pass. All right. Bailey versus Lacey versus Naomi versus Sasha versus Tamina. One <laughs> of those things is not like the other. Um, <laughs> probably even say two of those things are not like the other. This was also supposed to be a six-person match that turned into a five because Dana Brooke self-isolated herself uh, f- and decided, I don't want to uh, I don't want to be uh, potentially infect myself. Uh, kudos to Dana for that. Very smart thing. Uh, I just gotta go with with Bailey on this and a zero. I'm sure that Sasha could potentially win this, but I'm just going to, they they have, I, I, I don't watch SmackDown, but I feel like they still don't have any idea what they're doing with Bailey or the women's championship or the women's division. So they're just going to stay the course. It doesn't seem like there's any real storyline going in through this. I, I don't feel 
That's and, why you put five people in a fucking match. Yeah, and so I'm a hun- I'm, I'm I'm a zero. I have no interest in the match whatsoever. And yeah, the the champion retaining in that situation is the most likely outcome. Yeah. Undertaker and AJ Styles in a boneyard match, a match that we still don't know what the hell that even means. Uh so uh Undertaker wins and my my interest in this match if if my interest in the tag team match is uh, for Raw is a negative thirty seven, this has to be a negative twenty two. Okay. Um. Wait, who did you say to win? Undertaker. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh yes. Undertaker wins, and uh, zero for me. John Cena versus the Fiend. In a Firefly Funhouse match. I'm going to say a zero for my interest in this match. And I'll go with The Fiend. Fiend's going to win. And I, I'm i going to surprise you here. I'm going to go with a one on this. <laughs> because I'm just slightly intrigued as to what kind of ridiculousness is brought into this match. So there's okay. that. Okay. Uh, Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler for the Raw Women's Championship. I'm going to go with Becky retaining. And I I really, really wanted this match. You know, months ago, I was like, oh, man, when they, when they faced off around Survivor Series, I want this match. This will be perfect. The build has not been good. Becky's cut two maybe two good promos when she wasn't prancing out in a fur coat and sunglasses and acting like a goof i don't care that she is able to drive a big rig around a corner (laughs) it's idiotic that she keeps showing up in that thing Uh, so many missteps in this feud has taken my interest of i want to see this more than anything to meh not meh that's not true i'm just not as excited and the fact that it's in front of no crowd I'm going with a 3.5. Uh, I, I'm i going to go with Becky as well. I'm going to say a 3 on this. Um, I think that this match, probably its result, has been derailed by what's going on. If, if our world was all normal and hunky-dory, I think Shayna is taking this title. Oh, I agree. I, I 100% I think, agree with you. I yeah. also think that Ronda would probably be involved in it, too. Yep, I agree with that, too. Uh, but I don't think that Ronda's going to be, get involved in this, so therefore I think they're just going to take the safe route and have oh. Becky retain. I think they'll keep this feud going. Oh, by the way, this could absolutely be a DQ. Yes. This does not... They, are, they have no one to, oh, yeah. to make yeah, happy. Yeah, very true. They have no crowd to make happy here. They can just have... Uh, they can have... Shayna lose Shana her bite shit. Her. Yeah, she can have a biter. They have all kinds of ways to prolong this to the next time they can actually get in front of a crowd and do whatever they want to do at WrestleMania. That's the most likely outcome. I think Becky will have the title at the end. Doesn't mean she's going to have her arm raised by anybody. Right. Yeah. All right. Let's go with the NXT Women's Championship match. Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair. What do you got? I mean, that's this. I'm, is a- I'm going Rhea. 
And I'm going to say four on my level of interest. This is this is my most anticipated match. This is your um, most anticipated match? Yes. Wow. If it, Shayna and Becky had the, probably in the initial build uh, was up there along with Edge and Randy. Uh, but like right now, I feel like this one is the one that I'm looking forward to the most because I feel like this is the chance to solidify Rhea Ripley, solidify NXT uh, as uh, as not just that, like, I know they've been saying it for years, like, they're not the minor leagues, they're not a feeder system, they're, they're another brand, but I feel like this is the way to truly solidify that, is have that champion on WrestleMania, albeit a weird WrestleMania, defeating Charlotte Flair. So I'm going to go with Rhea and a four. Yeah, I'm going to go with Rhea Ripley, too, because I think Charlotte doesn't need to win here. Uh, I think that's part of it. And I think that they look at Rhea Ripley as an upcoming star. I'm at a three. This is uh, this is better than average uh, for me. Or actually, with a zero to five rating, I guess it is actually is average. But hey, anyway, I think it's I think it's fine. All right. So. Last two matches, we know that Roman's out. And although they haven't announced it as of this time of our recording officially, we we know, uh, in quotes, Goldberg is taking on Braun Strowman instead for the Universal Championship. So what do you see here? Goldberg obviously has to win this. My, my interest in this, my interest in Goldberg versus Roman Reigns was a one because I don't care about Goldberg. I haven't cared about Goldberg since 2002, and it's not going to change that now, uh, especially with the, a, a, a washed up wrestler that never was very good in the first place uh, showing up to uh, just it's absolute garbage. Um, having him have someone replacing Roman Reigns, the only mini build that they were able to put behind this is embarrassing on many fronts. Uh, I'm going to put this as a negative... I'm going to put this as a negative 32. Oh, Yeah, that goes in between my Undertaker and AJ and my Street Profits. It still makes the Street Profits the least interesting thing for me, but only by a, you know, by a short amount. Uh, yeah, this is the, like we had every reason to believe that this match was built for Roman to defeat a legend who is being inducted into the Hall of Fame. He's he's already been inducted. He is. Yeah, he's he was inducted a couple years ago, I believe. Oh, okay. Well, f- fuck if I remember that. Yeah. Uh, but this was supposed to be a big Roman coronation again, and. Obviously, that's not happening. So they could go one of two routes. Put the title on Braun Strowman, who is way past that time now. And really at no fault of his own. It's been just booking. Uh, Or have Goldberg hold on to the titles a little bit longer until they do their next probably Saudi show and have him drop it to Roman then. Uh, Because, you know, that's, that's usually couple months after or a month or 
so after WrestleMania, who knows if what the world's going to be like then. So yeah, I'm going with Goldberg retaining. They're just going to rope that along and uh I'll go with negative 10 on this one. That's your biggest negative. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then lastly, Brock and Drew McIntyre for the champ WWE Championship. Like I think that this will be the only title that they change hands on that they'll put it on Drew. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they just decide not to, but like you said, no titles change hands. Uh, but I, I'm, I think that they'll change hands on, on this one. Drew wins. I'm going to give this a three on uh, excitement. It would be way bigger if this was still going through in the normal fashion. Because uh, I want, I like Drew McIntyre a lot. Yeah, me too. And I, I'd be looking for. I'm looking forward to Drew. I mean, even though he's had some real missteps as far as his characterization over the last several months and all this stuff. I mean, just sometimes it's been a little bit painful. Uh, while he's trying to be funny or be a happy baby face and smile for the kitties or whatever they tell people to do there, but I'm still happy that he's getting this opportunity. I, I'm at a three point five uh, on this. And I'm, you know, hoping it will be a good match. And they've done a good job in building the last couple of weeks, given the circumstances. But I do, I think this is the the thing to close out the second night of the show. And it's with a big title switch. Yeah. So, yeah, that's our uh, our predictions for Mania. Too big for one night. Right? Right? Well, if you look at our level of interest, if you look at... If you average it out. I'm not going to do that because that just takes too much time. (laughs) But if you just look at our level of interest and you look at uh, a three out of five, and once again, we started at zero because Mike decided that was the way we're going immediately. Uh, You know, a, a three is kind of the median point. I only have, you said there's 16 matches and we called 15 of them, we think. I only have one, two, three, four of those matches that I have an interest over 50%. You know, over that 50-50 mark, over, over, you know, no interest to high interest. I have three matches. You have one, two, two. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, so yeah, pretty bad stuff, man. Yeah, it is pretty bad stuff and no interest and so much. I mean, almost no interest for me in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine of these matches. I could not give a shit less about. And it's not to say that they don't include great talents. It's just they're throwing shit at the wall, trying to create a match to fill some space, a la Aleister Black, Elias and Corbin. Uh, like, it's just... Or just bad writing. Or, but even AJ the, yeah, and the Undertaker. Undertaker and AJ, I mean, there's nothing there. There's nothing there in the women's uh, t- uh, tag team title picture. 
there's nothing there. There's nothing there yeah. on the on the on the the Raw Men's Tag Team Championship. There's nothing there with the Women's Championship on SmackDown. There's just there's nothing there to play with. And I'm sorry, the Fiend versus John Cena. Why? The Fiend is not oh. even a character anymore. He does the Bray Wyatt had his shot, and they did. They once again found a way to fuck it up. Yeah. All right, Mike. I think that does it for uh, our predictions. I think that does it for the show. I think it has to, yes. Yeah, so um, hope that you enjoy uh, WrestleMania. We'll see if we do. Jury's still out. It's going to be a weird one, that's for sure. So uh, make sure all of you out there stay safe, stay sane, and uh, try to enjoy things the best that you can. And uh, follow us on Twitter. We'll be tweeting along to the show for sure, probably uh, talking negatively, making jokes, or things of that nature. We're at Miss Spots on Twitter. Also on Instagram at Miss Spots. Uh, you can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Miss Spots. Um, you can listen to the show on any of the major streaming services, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, all of those fun places. Also, our website, MissBotsPodcast.com or simply MissBots.com. For Kevin, my name's Mike. We'll see you on the other side of WrestleMania, hopefully. Good night. Good wrestling.